Thank you, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is so fun to be here with you today. Man, he knows how to create some fun, doesn't he? We are so thankful for our lead pastor, Jason Brown, and his awesome wife, Angie, who's also our women's pastor. They're in cooler weather this week, so we're going to work not to be jealous, and we're going to Pray for them, right? They are so incredible. They have done so much to serve our church, our community, and we just want to bless them. In fact, it is Pastor Jason's birthday in two days. We are live streaming. I'm going to say hello to everyone who is online. Drop us a note if you are watching from wherever. Tell us where you're watching from. And Pastor Jason said that they might be watching. So I want y'all to say happy birthday. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Awesome. You are loved, Pastor Jason, for sure. All right, you guys. Well, welcome. I'm so glad that each and every one of you are here today. And I'm so grateful that I get to be here. I'm so honored to preach God's word this morning. And I believe that his desire is to refresh us through it today. He is so good. And he knows exactly who is here. And he knows exactly what each and every one of us need from him. God's desire for us today is to refresh us. I know that so many of you have felt like you have been pulled in a million different directions this past week. Some of you have walked in here down, tired, weary. Some of you have had moments of just feeling like, I just want to give up. And then others of you would say, life is fine, it's pretty comfortable, but I wonder if there's something more. And I think there is for all of us today. I believe that God's desire is to refresh us, and I love the meaning of the word refresh. It means new energy and new strength. Could anybody use some new from God this morning? Amen. His desire is to give it to you today. He loves you so much, and everything that we need is wrapped up in him. And so I want you to hear me today. He has a healing to give you. He has hope to strengthen you. He has a plan for you, a purpose to show you. And you better believe he he has some kingdom assignments to empower you for. We've been in this series called Snow Cones because what is more refreshing on a hot summer day than a snow cone? However, this series has been all about refreshing our souls. And so we've used that word snow cones as an acronym The first week, Pastor Chase taught on salvation, the most important and effective um, step to getting and receiving true refreshment. And then Pastor Jason taught on nod, saying yes to a move of God. We were encouraged to be others-focused. Pastor Chach taught about worship. Pastor Robert taught on confession. We were encouraged to open our homes, and many of you shared a watermelon with some neighbors. Then we were encouraged to nix. (laughs) We learned how to say yes to God's best, right? And no to the rest. And last week, we were 
we got to learn about the word ekklesia, this really cool Greek word that means church. So today, we're going to wrap it all up with the letter S. But before I reveal what the S is for, you need to know something. If you are a follower and believer of Jesus, you get to experience the kingdom of God, his presence and his power right now, right here, right now on this earth. But sometimes the ways that he wants us to live that invite that experience are opposite to the way that we normally Think. That's why we need the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why we also need to know his word. Does anybody believe his word today? Yes. Then you got to believe all of it, right? Okay, so here's what I mean. A few of those examples come from the book of Matthew. And some of these concepts are like this. You become first by becoming last. You serve the greatest who is Jesus when you serve the least. You become great by becoming a servant. Now, we're here today. I think we can all agree that we want some more of God. On whatever level we're at, we want some more. We want to experience his kingdom and his supernatural power in our lives. So our word for today is one way that we get to do that. Our word for today is serve. Now hear me, we are not saved by serving. We cannot do enough good things to get in God's good graces. We are saved only by the gift of grace through Jesus, right? But here's the deal. Once you are forgiven and transformed by your relationship with Jesus, serving is what you're called to. Your purpose is tied to it. And believe it or not, when you engage in it, that's when you'll find the satisfaction that you so long for in your life. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says it pretty clearly. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation isn't a reward for the good things that you've done so that none of us can boast about it. Because don't you know, some of us would be boasting up in here. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So, so, don't miss the word so. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He created you new in Jesus, and you are a masterpiece, and he has a plan for you. God wants a relationship with you, and out of that relationship, you guys, flows, in fact, overflows passion and purpose, and it's supposed to go on to other people. His plan is for us to join him in strengthening and expanding the kingdom. And you need to know today that there is nothing better than that here on this earth. God's word has always taught us that serving others is refreshing to our souls. But it seems that science is even starting to back this up. And why wouldn't it? Because all truth is God's truth, right? So I'm going to share with you from the Huffington Post. It's a liberal news online site. And they had an article about facts that prove that helping others actually helps us to achieve happiness. 
They say things like this, helping others will actually make you feel great. (laughs) Studies show that the brain releases feel-good chemicals that will spur you on to do even more kind acts. It's called the helper's high. That's a high that we can go after, okay? Serving can also, they say, boost your self-esteem and overall well-being because of social connectedness. It will help you to have stronger friendships and an increased sense of belonging. You'll receive a more positive outlook and attitude. You'll feel more thankful. They say helping others will actually make you feel more empowered and give you a sense of purpose. They surveyed a group of people and 78% of them who served over the course of a year actually reported lower stress and greater inner peace. They say that helping others will give you a sense of renewal, which is just another word for refreshment. And I love this. They say that helping others will become this cycle. It will actually encourage other people and spur other people on to keep the cycle going and a community could be transformed. You see, our Savior was on to something when he said to serve. So I wonder, what would happen if we actually took Jesus' words to heart when he told us to love one another? When he told us to love one another? Because true love is always backed up by action, right? So what would happen if we in the church started to love each other and serve each other well? I'm not saying that we're supposed to stay in this bubble. In fact, if we started to do this, we wouldn't be able to contain it. But Jesus' own words were that the world would know that we are his by our love for one another. What if serving each other is the first or one of the most effective steps in showing off our Savior? God's desire for us, you guys, this morning, I believe, is for us to get it, (laughs) to know that serving actually refreshes our souls, because once we've got it, we won't be able to help but to give it our time, our gifts, our passion, our very lives. So our message today is entitled just that, get it, got it, give it. So first, let's try to get it. And as we get started, I want us to all agree on something, that being unified with other believers, growing in our relationship and understanding of Jesus, and affecting eternity are all things that refresh our souls. I don't know about you, but those are things that get me revved up. And we're going to see how serving has a part in that. Now, I know some of you are like, you know what, Pastor Jen, a nap or a vacation would really refresh my soul right now. And I hope that you get that. I really do. But today, this is where God has us. And so this is where we're going. And you better get excited with me because God has some things to teach us. Number one, serving strengthens unity. Now, when we think about serving, we often think about activity. But we also serve each other, might I say, with our attitudes. In fact, Our activity begins with our attitudes towards each other. So you guys said that you believe in this. Are you okay if we get into the word of God this morning? All right. We're going to be in Ephesians 4, and we're going to read where Paul wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. And it is a viable word for us today, okay? Ephesians 4, 
verses 1 through 4. He says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, he was actually in jail, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Don't you know we have to stop right there for a second? Because somebody here today is going, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know that I have a purpose. I feel a little stuck today. You need to know that God wants to come nose to nose with you this morning and assure you that you have been called. You have an invitation to receive salvation. And then you have an invitation to serve in his kingdom. So how do we do that in a church? How do we serve each other with our attitudes? Verse 2, he says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Hold up, hold up. He's talking to a church, but yet he says there's some faults. Anybody know that those with faith still have faults? Can we just say in here today that no perfect people are allowed in this house? But lots of grace sure is, right? Okay, verse 3. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Here, Here we go. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. You guys, sometimes a big way that we can serve each other is to first adjust our attitudes. We're on the same team. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that because the truth is that we're all still human and we're far from perfect. We are just in process. And I think I would encourage you today that your soul might just be refreshed when you decide to pray for your church, to pray for your church leadership, and to step up and serve your church. See, we're all in need of the same grace, some forgiveness, some encouragement. We all need Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but I'm refreshed by knowing I'm not alone, (laughs) that none of us are perfect. We've all been given one mission, and that is to find those far from Jesus and for us to work together in restoring each other to Jesus, right? Here's the deal. God wants to equip us all, every one of us, to achieve that goal. So here's where the activity comes in. Paul, remember he said, we are one body and we have one spirit. Verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Hold up. All of us get a gift. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Tune in here. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Y'all better get revved up in here because the truth is each and every one of us has been given a gift by Jesus to supernaturally empower us as we serve each other, him, and the world. Now, we just read some of those gifts, but Paul goes on. If you're taking notes, you can write Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 because he gives us an idea of more of the gifts. He says, that the Spirit gives the gift of hospitality, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, 
wisdom, words of knowledge, healing, miracles, and several others. You see, all these gifts are very important, but you know, need to know that God has given you at least one of them to make much of your God. Now, some of you this morning might be saying, I have no clue what my gift is, and that's okay. Because you can pray today for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what that gift is. You can also come up at the end of the service and our prayer warriors would like nothing more than to pray for you to receive that. But you also need to know that sometimes God just says, get up and go. To step up and to serve. Because as you do that, you'll learn as you go because you'll grow as you go. Right? Here's the deal. You might not grow if you don't go. So we're supposed to serve. Now, Paul gives us this cool picture that he says, the church, we are like a human body with Jesus as the head. And here's the clue. Here's the key. Jesus is the head of the body. So as the head goes, so goes the body, right? We are all different. And we serve in different ways, but each part is necessary. And when we join together in the same direction, in obedience to God, the church will be a force to be reckoned with. Now, here's our human tendency. We often overestimate what we can do by ourselves, and we often underestimate, because we see each other's faults, what we can do as a group. Right? Here's the truth. The enemy would like nothing more than for us to think that we're fine not being connected to the body of Christ or that we can accomplish just as much for Jesus on our own when we're not connected. But that's a lie. That is a lie. See, Jesus' plan and the truth is that there is nothing more refreshing than knowing that you are a valued a necessary part of the church working together to accomplish more than we ever could on our own. I have a story for you. Our son Barrett, and Joel, my husband, is right here. Our son Barrett, who is five, played soccer for the first time this spring. And don't you know, it is, it is awesome to watch five-year-olds try to play a sport. It's just awesome. So they would play three on three when they would go out on the field. And so Barrett got called up with two other teammates to go play um, on the field. And they were in this intense moment of offense. And two of them were pushing towards the goal. But one of them, he kind of stopped and he started to walk, wonder really, in the opposite direction. And so, of course, our attention went to him. And as he went, he, he stopped and he kind of got down in the grass looking for bugs. He started to untie a shoe. I don't know why, but he started to untie a shoe. And our awesome coach, who's also a fellow 1910er, Jennifer Smith, she ran over to help him to tie his shoe back and to turn him and to put him back in the play to get the goal. And so as she's bending down, tying a shoe, he goes to his other shoe and starts untying it. <laughs> Don't you know, we were just falling on the ground as this was happening. And so here's the deal. At the end of the game, 
They come together, the coaches call them together, and they were going to do their chant, go, Tigers, go. But our Barrett said, no, wait a minute. Let's chant, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> I don't know where he gets cheesy phrases like that. <laughs> However, they are true. You know, I, you know I say that when we're like cleaning up the house, like, <laughs> okay, so here's, here's, the, here's the lesson. <laughs> here's the lesson. God absolutely does not want you going in the opposite direction, wandering off, untying your shoes. He has a goal for you to go towards. The Bible says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. He actually tells us in Ephesians 6 to pray that he would put on the shoes of the gospel of peace to equip us. And you need to know today that you have a position that is crucial in the play that God has called for the church today. You're valuable. Serving strengthens unity. Number two, serving grows maturity. Paul says that this cycle, this cool cycle will form. When the people are equipped, more will step up to serve, and then the church will be strengthened. It will be built up. And then in verse 13, he says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And here's the deal. I love the message version because it says we will be fully developed within and without. We will be fully alive like Christ. Jesus came to give us life, life to the full. What happens when you're full? It goes out onto those around us. That's refreshing. Does anybody want to be fully alive like Jesus Christ? Verse 14, what does maturity look like? He tells us, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. There's a lot of that going around Verse 15, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. It is time that we grow up a little bit. Today, if you're in a place where you feel stuck, serve. If you feel like you are complaining and complacent in your relationship with Jesus Christ, serve. If you feel like you're in a moment of jealousy and all you can do is compare as you see people go after the purposes of God, it is because you have not moved out in what God has called you to do. Because when you do, you will be fully alive like Christ. Amen. Jesus shows up and he shows off when we serve. He shows you who he is, and he shows you what he can do through you when you serve. And here's the deal. Number three, I love serving affects eternity. Verse 16 says, he makes the whole body fit together. And as each part does its own special work, that's you. As you and I do our own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
I just mentioned it, but what happens when somebody is full of something? Whether it's good or bad, if you're around them, you get a little bit of it, right? What happens when the church is healthy and growing and full of love? Transformation will happen. And here's here's a word I love. Grow here actually means increase. Increase. It reminds me of the early church in Acts 6. And it starts off the passage and it says that the church was growing rapidly. But then arguments grew grew as people weren't getting served. So the church prayed about it. More people stepped up to serve. The whole group was pleased. And then what happened? It says the number of believers greatly increased. You guys, the goodness of God cannot be hidden and it cannot be contained. And you need to know that you know that God's desire for the church, his body, and his kingdom is absolutely increase. He's not willing that any should perish. And our church has an enormous and incredible responsibility to find those far from Jesus and to help each other to be restored in him. And you know what? When we do that, when we experience the saving and restoring work of Jesus in us and through us, (laughs) there's just nothing like it. We'll, We'll be unstoppable. So here's the deal. Do you think you get it? I want to hear you say, get it. it. Good. Because once we've got it, we'll start to pray for God to reveal our giftings. We'll start to pray that he'll reveal opportunities. We'll start to actually pray that he will move us beyond our comfort zones. We'll be the people that get that we can rock babies and pray over their destinies. We'll be the people that realize that we can wave to cars in the parking lot, praying for them to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We'll be the people who call in the supernatural into even the most simple acts of service because life with God is an adventure after all. And he can do more through you than you can do by yourself, and that's his plan because he gets all the credit. You guys, when we've got this, we'll be able to walk in these promises. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21, it says, Now all glory to God, who is, who is able, through his mighty power, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And some of you have got some pretty wild imaginations. Glory to God, where? In the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. By faith, say got it. We're going to close this morning with a verse that Peter wrote to believers. We find it in 1 Peter 2.9. And it's really a description for us today. And it says, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Now we're going to read that verse one more time because there's three words that I think we just pass over, we throw away, but they are the words, okay? So it says, it's going to be on the screen. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Here they come, say them with me, 
that you may, that you may. Those are the words, that you may, that you may worship God. Not that you can worship him, not even that you should worship him, but you guys, because of what Jesus did, because he went to the cross, because he defeated death, we may. We may. When we get that, it'll change everything. You need to know today that because of what Jesus did for you, because he he has come to give you new life, you may. You may now worship him. You may now serve him. You may now enter into his marvelous light. You may now declare his praise. You know when your kids say, hey mom, hey mom, can I have a snack? (laughs) Hear that a lot. And you go, "Uh, excuse me, may I? Or dad, can you take me to get a snow cone? Excuse me, may, may I? You see, can sounds so entitled, but may sounds so privileged. And should, it sounds so burdensome, but may I sounds like such a gift. See, the moment Jesus overcame death on the cross for you, in that moment, everything changed. We were offered a free gift that we didn't have to work for. His love poured down and freedom went out. And from that moment on, our hearts could be overwhelmed by this thought. I may. See, churches have a reputation of sometimes saying, You ought to, you should, you ought to worship, you should serve, and that just doesn't work. (laughs) Because if you feel like you ought to, then you don't yet get it. If you feel like I should, then you're not there yet. But once we get, once we know I may worship God, I may now serve God, I may now give my life back to him. When we get that, the church will be unstoppable. You see, it's time we embrace this powerful phrase. It's no longer like, do I have to go stand out in the heat to help park cars again this Sunday? No. No, you don't have to, but you may. Do I have to come again this Sunday and say hi to lots of people? I'm not even sure I like people. No, no, but you may. I have to serve, I should be born. I mean, I can build up the body, I have some gifts.
to serve you. His love will pour down and worship will go up. He knows that when you really get that, when you really allow him to serve you, you'll serve him. You, you won't be able to help it. You'll worship him, why wouldn't you? But you won't really serve or worship him until you allow him to serve you. So this morning, I just want you to know that we have so much to thank him for. He served us in so many ways. So I wrote down a few. I said, thank you, Jesus, for serving us. Thank you for dreaming me up. You know, when, when he created you, he got creative. Thank you for wiring us uniquely and giving us all gifts. You served us by leaving your perfect heaven. You served us by entering our broken world. You served us, Jesus, by staying on course despite the pain. You served us by going to the cross. You served us when you let them punish you in our place. You served us when you took our shame and all our guilt. You served us when you died our death. You served us when you rose back to life, defeating death. You served us by offering the gift of life and love and forever with you. You serve us by not turning away from us. Jesus, you serve us by never turning away from us. You serve us by empowering and encouraging us. So let me think about it. Will I offer my life back up to Jesus? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can't help but to serve him. You know, the word servant is the last word we hope to hear on this earth and the first one we hope to hear in forever when he says to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's the highest job in the kingdom. It might have more responsibility, but there's no higher calling. And so I wonder today, will you say, get it? (laughs) One more time. Let's say, get it. it. By faith, say, got it. it. Because when we've got it, we won't be able to help but to give it. Amen. Well, there's a few ways that we wanna serve you today. Our prayer team is gonna go ahead and come on up. And as I pray today, I want you to know that they would love nothing more than to pray for you, than to serve you. And I don't want you to hesitate even one second. Run up and be served by the one who loves you the most. And then I want you to know that out in the atrium, we have these, and it shows you all the awesome opportunities that you may serve in our church. So if one of these stands up, you can say, yes, I am ready. I cannot wait to do that. Or you can sign up in the atrium to say, I wanna go on a tour and see all the ways that I might and may serve in this house. I cannot wait. 
to see your response. And then on a fun note, I am told that there's a snow cone truck right out the front doors ready to serve you as well. So we're about to begin as we end this series, a new season in our church, a season of great refreshment. Are you ready? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for today. I'm gonna pray that we truly experience the love of Jesus, though it's so great we'll never fully understand it. But your word says that we'll be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from you, God, when we experience the love of Jesus. You're worthy of all we have to offer. So I pray that we receive all you have for us so that we can give it back up, all of it, to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come be prayed over. Come be prayed over and enjoy your day.